Hey, this is Carl Anthony Towns of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Carl Anthony Towns on the dribble drive, jams it with a right hand. Oh, emphatic! The big man got ahead of steam and ain't nobody stopping him. Your home for Wolves basketball all season is 1340 and 93.1 KDLM. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing and listen. The KDLM Sports Wrap featuring Zeke Foreman. There's a lot of morons in the mainstream media that just don't get it. Thoughtful insight, relevant topics. But I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today. I'm not an expert, but I do have a strong opinion. Now, if you're competent in an age of incompetence, that makes you appear extraordinary. Detroit Lakes go crazy! Thank you so much for saying what needed to be said. We're still here! We're still here! Come on! Get up! Come on, get up! If you're tight as I am! What a weekend in Minnesota sports. This is the KDLM Sports Wrap, and maybe not just the weekend, but that four-day break of what we got to experience. And for, for as long as we were on top of the mountain, it felt so good. It was amazing. A lot to talk about today on the Sports Wrap. Of course, you have uh, the Minnesota Wild blowing out everybody putting up seven goals against the Winnipeg Jets on Black Friday. You have the Timberwolves. Yeah, they they blew a a, a big second-half lead, but coming back, D'Angelo Russell with ice in his veins, taking down the Philadelphia 76ers in double overtime over the weekend. Of course, uh, the border battle, Gophers versus Badgers, that's what we'll spend most of our time on today because we don't get to talk about the Gophers beating the Badgers in football very often. We were on the top of the hill, and then during the Vikings game yesterday, Byron Buxton signs a contract extension for only $100 million, seven years, contract-laden extensions. We we locked up Buxton, so there's your good Twins news. And we started getting a little arrogant yesterday, I would say, because things never go that well for us all at one time. And then the Vikings' second half happened, and the, the Dalvin Cook injury happened and we were brought back down to earth just just a little bit. Let's start by recapping those last four days beginning with Gopher football and Wisconsin on Saturday. Rewind time. What a sight it was. Gophers over the Badgers at Huntington Bank Stadium on Saturday evening. Mike Grimm on the call right there with the Gopher Radio Network. Final score, 23-13. to 13. What is it? The, the, the third win for this Gopher program over Wisconsin in the last 19 years. And so you can understand why people were excited. You can understand why Gopher fans were going nuts. Any Anybody would have. One of my favorite things to do after Wisconsin loses anything is to go onto social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, because there's there's three things to do in Wisconsin. Three well-documented facts. Drink beer, watch sports, get into Twitter fights about beer and sports. Those are the, Those are your three main food groups if you live in Wisconsin. And so after the Vikings beat the Packers last weekend, a game that Packers fans were were, were 100% sure was rigged against them, the refs, I mean, the the two overturned interceptions, I mean, the NFL is out to get the Green Bay Packers, was the, the narrative out east last week. And now, once again, 
a Wisconsin team loses, and conspiracy theories everywhere. Bitter Wisconsin Badgers fans all over social media after the game on Saturday. I usually don't partake in social media battles. That's one thing that I I, I used to do it a long time ago. The, the very first, <laughs> I, I remember my first social media fight where I would just get so angry and so worked up. It's when Justin Morneau beat Derek Jeter for the the American League MVP in 2006. And I was ripping into Yankees fans, and they were ripping back. It was just so emotionally draining. This was before, like, cyberbullying was even a thing, really. And I was like, never again. But on Saturday, I broke my vow. (laughs) I was fighting Badgers fans on Reddit and on Twitter because some of the things they're saying is so ridiculous. The world does not revolve around Wisconsin. I had one guy come back at me and saying, you know what? You, you enjoy your one trophy, but you know that deep down the Vikings and the Wild and the Wolves and the Twins and the Gophers, they're all just garbage. And I came back with, why are you talking about the NHL? They've literally been giving away franchises to everybody, but Wisconsin is nowhere on their radar. When you are respected enough to become a four-sport market like we are, then you can talk to me. And I'm not proud of it, but it happened. I hate fighting on social media, whether it's whether it's sports, whether it's politics, whether it's, you know, medicine-related stuff going on in the world right now. I just, I, 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 I bow out of it. Usually I'm, I'm, I'm the bigger man and I don't buy in. I don't feed into the monster, but I definitely did. And so I figured, you know, I'm on social media already. I might as well, uh, Look for some more ridiculous things. Not not so that I can I can fight them on social media, but so I can uh, so I can make fun of them on the radio. A little special edition of Sad Badger Fan tweets on the sports wrap this morning. Go for fans, enjoy it. It'll be another ten years before you see that axe again. Congratulations to PJ Fleck for raising his record to two and eight in rivalry games. Storm your own field versus the number 15 team in the country at 8 and 4. Whatever lets you sleep at night, Minnesota. Go for football. What a joke. But hey, enjoy it. It happens so infrequently for you guys. At least Minnesota takes great pride in being mediocre with no championships. The biggest win for P.J. Fleck in his career, beating an offensively inept Wisconsin team led by the worst quarterback in the Big Ten. Congrats, I guess, dot, dot, dot. Has anybody ever stormed the field after beating us? I personally am taking this as a compliment as to how good we really are despite losing tonight. The Badgers are 16-2 over the last 18 years. We own your garbage program. I'm not okay right now. I'll play NCAA football tonight to avenge the loss. This is the only team that I seriously hate. Oh, there's more. There's, There's a lot more. Stop calling this a rivalry. Minnesota has only won twice in the last 18 years. This is what it's like to see a program start to backslide from an almost elite national championship contending program to a decent to mediocre team, which is where Minnesota's ceiling is. Two Super Bowls for Minnesota in one week. That's got to feel good for them. Your Super Bowl and National Championship all in one week. Minnesota's Super Bowl. Disgusting. This is their Super Bowl. Are you you finding a trend with those last couple that I read? There there are some good ones, but Wisconsin fans lacking originality. It always comes down to blaming the refs. And calling whenever we play them our Super Bowl. Bitter, salty, 
and the axe is ours. We have a special guest on the second half of the wrap, Mike Grimm, play-by-play voice of the Gophers. He was there watching pandemonium unfold after the Gophers knocked off Wisconsin on Saturday. He's going to join us uh, second half of the wrap uh, to give us the latest in Gopher football news. A a couple big guys returning, Tanner Morgan, Mo Ibrahim. Coming back, we'll talk some Gopher basketball and uh, NCAA tournament volleyball with Mike Grimm, second half of the wrap here on KDLM. Out to the left, play action. Kirk with a bootleg out to the left. He'll fire to Thielen. Touchdown! Adam was uncovered, and he has two touchdowns. Likewise for Kirk. That one goes for 21, and it's 13-7 Vikings. Not one, but two touchdowns for Adam Thielen yesterday, but the Vikings uh, (laughs) falling apart in the second half. More points given up in the final two minutes of this one yesterday. The Vikings have now given up 66 points in the final two minutes of the first half this season. People want to talk about how impressive every game except one, the Seattle game, which the Vikings won, like 30-17 to or something like that. Every Vikings game has been a one-score game. But a huge part of that is that the points they give up in two-minute drills in the first half. 66 points in the final two minutes. This one was not without his excitement, though. The Vikings trying to crawl its way back. Debo Samuel, who decided yesterday he didn't want to play wide receiver, wanted to play running back instead. Two rushing touchdowns. And then this kid, oh, he's so good. we got to get this guy the ball more often. Kick short. Here comes Kane Wongu from the two to the right side, 20. He's to the 25-30. And Kane Wongu has left the 49ers in the wake of a keen turn of speed. Touchdown! It's a 99-yard touchdown. His second this season by this unstoppable cyclone. Kane Wongu, 31-26 Niners. Good news, bad news for uh, for Kane Wongu. He, the good news is he's probably going to get more playing time. Because late in the game, I mentioned this before in the, in the opening of the wrap today, where things were going so well for Minnesota sports. And it's like, nobody's going to stop us now. Ain't no, ain't no getting us down. Buxton is here for the long term. Wild are destroying people. The Gopher over Wisconsin. The, the Gopher is beating UND hockey. So much good stuff happening. But we let our guards down. And this happens. Handoff Dalvin. Ain't going to start there. Oh, and the ball oh. came out. It, it's bouncing around, waiting for an indication. Dalvin fumbled, and the Niners have the ball. And Dalvin's down, too. So much for that. That's great. Dalvin uh, down for a long time. Wasn't really sure what he injured on the play. Initially, when he got tackled, it, it looks like he bent his leg backwards. And so uh, fan reaction is, oh, no, another knee injury. Dalvin, of course, tearing his ACL in his left knee when he was a rookie. It looked to be the the right knee this time. But NFL Network reporting that Dalvin Cook has a dislocated shoulder and will undergo an MRI today to uh, determine the severity of it. Third quarter injury, took a handoff deep in Vikings territory, looking to come back. After after Dalvin had ripped off a couple big gains, there was the uh, the, the Jefferson pass from Kirk back to Dalvin and the, and the, 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 the Kene Wangwu return. Vikings had momentum on their side, and then that kind of took took the wind out of their sails, if if you will. Cook 103 total yards before leaving the game. Uh, he has 773 rushing yards, four touchdowns on the ground. Entered the game as the fourth leading rusher in the NFL yesterday. In a, a tough break for the Vikings, who Vikings fans have wanted the Vikings to air it out and pass more and more and more, and, and with no Dalvin Cook, I mean Alexander Madison will do great. This could be a a great opportunity for Kane Wangwu to to get in and show what he has offensively as well. But just a tough break when the Vikings seem to finally get everything going offensively and you lose your star running back for an undisclosed amount of time. The good news is it, it wasn't the knee injury, and so maybe Dalvin could come back. He does have a history of shoulder injuries in the past. So now we play the waiting game. Vikings fall in this one 34-26, fall to 5-6 and six in a log jam for the final spot in the NFC playoffs. This was a, a pretty must-win game. For the Vikings, because the Niners now leapfrog the Vikings. They're six and five, and they have the tiebreaker over Minnesota as well. Vikings tied with New Orleans and Atlanta for the final playoff spot in the NFC. 
After the game, Vikings coach Mike Zimmer would say he was proud of the way his guys fought the entire game yesterday. From being around this team all year long, you know, they've had a lot of times where they've had opportunities to let something affect them, and they just come out the next week and they play their rear ends off. So, you know, there's been a lot of ups and downs, and uh, I think that uh, I'm proud of their effort today. They, they, they played hard. I'm proud of their effort. Now, we didn't get the win, so there's no consolation prizes, but I'm I'm proud of the way they competed. You know, you got guys coming in off the street on Wednesday and going out there and trying to learn the defense and play and things like that. You know, we had some guys nicked up, lost some guys today, and they, they go out there and fight. You know, we didn't get the win, but they're fighters. If nothing else, they're fighters. Andy Barr also left the game with an injury late in the game as well. Vikings look to rebound, traveling to winless Detroit next weekend. Three. So I've been watching the the wheels of MLB free agency spin over the last handful of weeks. Watching guys I was really hoping the Twins would go after and, and maybe even bring to this team. Guys like Steven Matz, former New York Met. He's now a St. Louis Cardinal. Corey Kluber, former New York Yankees. Cy Young winner with the Cleveland Indians. He signs a, a one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Rays. One of my favorite all-time Twins, Eduardo Escobar. Signing a two-year deal with the Mets. And the list goes on and on and on. A couple big ones. Marcus Simeon finished in the top three of the MVP voting. He signs a seven-year deal with the Texas Rangers yesterday. Mark Canna, left fielder, two-year deal with the Mets. Starling Marte, center fielder, four-year deal with the Mets. What are the Mets doing, huh? Right fielder Avisel Garcia spent a lot of time in the uh, in the American League Central with the Tigers and the White Sox. He's going to Miami, signed a four-year deal with the Miami Marlins. Cole Calhoun, a one-year deal with the Texas Rangers as well. And, and then you get to the, the, the pitching. Guys, I, I really want the Twins to, to make some kind of effort to, to bring it. It doesn't have to be a Max Scherzer or a Robbie Ray or a Marcus Stroman. Just some guy that's going to bring some depth. Kevin Gosman would have been sweet. He signs for $110 million, though. Five-year deal with Toronto. Eduardo Rodriguez, five-year deal with the Detroit Tigers. That happened a couple weeks ago. John Gray, four-year deal with the Texas Rangers. Rangers are loading up. Andrew Heaney, one-year deal with the Dodgers. Steven Matz, like I just said, four-year deal with the St. Louis Cardinals. Corey Kluber going to Tampa Bay. Michael Waka, one-year deal with the Boston Red Sox. Jose Quintana, one-year deal with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Ulysses Chassin, former Minnesota Twin, one-year deal with the Rockies. Justin Verlander goes back to Houston. Noah Syndergaard, a one-year deal with the LA Angels. There are some some some, some big names out here. I, I don't think names that are going to fit in with the Twins. Maybe like a, a Matt Harvey, Trevor Cahill. Bring back Tommy Malone. James Paxton would be a good fit. Mike Fires, John Lester, Cole Hamels. Big Irv Santana, a free agent this year. Scott Kasmer. Matt Schumacher. These guys are, are, are kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel here now. Johnny Cueto. Guys that are way past their prime. Alex Cobb. Like I mentioned, a, a, a couple big names out there. Carlos Rodon, Clayton Kershaw, Robbie Ray, Zach Grinke, Marcus Stroman, Max. Yeah, th- those guys are not coming to Minnesota. Would have been nice to get one of those mid-tier guys. And so I'm kind of down in the dumps watching all these, all these updates go through my timeline yesterday of MLB free agency. Then uh, near the uh, the kickoff of the second half yesterday, I see a tweet from one Ken Rosenthal, MLB insider. He's usually pretty, uh, pretty hip on what's going on baseball-wise, and he has a tweet that says, Twins close to a multi-year contract extension with Byron Buxton. And all the angst I had with the Twins for not signing John Gray, not signing Steven Mass, not signing Corey Kluber, melted away. The Twins and Buxton have agreed to a deal so we can finally put the, the are-we-going-to-trade-Byron-Buxton conversation away. Seven-year contract, $100 million base, but could be up to worth, worth $172 million depending on how many at-bats he has and where he finishes in the MVP voting. Buxton will get $9 million the first year of his deal. Seller is going to increase to $15 million for each of the final six years. Huge bonuses if he finishes in the top 10 in American League MVP voting, along with bonuses for plate appearances. I think they start at 500 plate appearances, then it like goes in increments of 30 or something like that, all the way up to like 650 at-bats. Which we, If we get 650 at-bats from Byron Buxton, 
the Twins are going to win the World Series. Bucks and negotiations complicated on during the offseason. Apparently, all he wanted was a no trade clause. Took less money for the no trade clause because he he wants to be here. He wants to stay here. And of course, w- what would the Twins have done? You know, in 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 four years, the bottom has fallen out. They're paying Byron Buxton a lot of money, potentially, and he gets shipped to somewhere he doesn't want to be. Wanting to be here. Buxton's 20 years old, played in just uh, in 100 games just one time during his career. Coming off a season where he set career highs in average, on base percentage, slugging percentage, and home runs. I, I, I know fans are excited now. I'm excited right now because Byron Buxton was, is the guy that we've been, we've been told is the... The man, the the best prospect we've had, this five-tool guy, perennial MVP, and we've seen what he can do. It's He can't stay healthy. And so my concern is we get three, four years into this thing, and Byron Buxton is still not playing in, in 100 games in a season. He's not finishing in the, in the top five in, in MVP voting. How do fans feel then? Because I remember when Joe Maurer signed with the Twins, and Joe Maurer, a, 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 kind of the same situation. A guy we know is really, really good because he showed it. He won MVPs. He won gold gloves. He won batting titles. He won all that stuff. But when his contract was up, you know, is he going to go to Boston? Is he going to go to New York? Is he going to go to Los Angeles? Where is Joe Maurer going to land? Staying in Minnesota, fans' jubilation when Joe Maurer signed, because nobody had done that since Kirby Puckett. Kirby Puckett also, you may remember, had an opportunity to leave the Twins in like 1993. The Yankees were going hard after Kirby Puckett. Would it have been wise for Kirby to leave then? Absolutely it would have been for Kirby to leave. The Twins, you know, the, the World Series years were done. I mean, as much as they didn't want to admit that they were, I mean, 92 was still a good year for the Twins. Didn't make the playoffs because, you know, the, the the current playoff format that we have now wasn't set. It was just the division winners. I think it was Toronto won the uh, the American League East that year, which I think the Twins were still in in 1992. Could, could Kirby have jumped ship and went to the Yankees? Probably would have been a better career move. Maybe, you know, if, if Kirby goes to the Yankees, maybe... Maybe that spring training pitch to the eye doesn't happen. Maybe the glaucoma doesn't happen. Maybe Kirby Puckett wins, you know, three more World Series with the New York Yankees. Does that blemish Kirby's, you know, legend in Minnesota? I think it does. Because we hold a special place in our hearts for the guys that, that, that come here and stay here. Kirby Puckett. Kent Herbeck. Tony Oliva. Joe Maurer, guys that had opportunities to leave but didn't because, A, they're from here, or, B, they liked it here enough to stay. And now you can add Byron Buxton, potentially, to that list of guys that want to be here and are are beloved by fans because they're committed to staying in Minnesota. Because we've had so many of our guys leave. So much... You know, betrayal, so many messy divorces from Randy Moss to to Kevin Garnett to Rod Carew. I feel as much as those guys are still beloved in Minnesota lore, there's always still that that, that blemish where it's like you, you didn't want to be here. And they came back. They, they've been back. Most of them. Garnett is the jury's still out on KG. But Moss came back and has been back multiple times. Rod Carew loves to come back to Minnesota. But as Minnesotans, I feel there's there's always that special place for guys that spend their entire careers here because it happens so infrequently, not just in Minnesota, but across the sports landscape. And now Byron Buxton, if he stays healthy, has a chance to be one of the most beloved Twins players of all time if he can stay on the field. Second half of the wrap, my guy Mike Grimm, play-by-play voice of Gopher football and men's basketball, will join us on the sports wrap to recap the uh, the great start for, for Ben Johnson and his, his basketball team. We'll talk about Wisconsin versus Minnesota football on last Saturday, as well as the beginning of the NCAA Women's Volleyball Tournament with uh, the Gophers hosting a, a couple matches in the first round this weekend. Mike Grimm joins me next on KDLM. 
I'm Chris Rose with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. In an AFC North battle on Sunday Night Football, the Ravens pulled out a six-point win over Cleveland. Baltimore now is the number one seed in the AFC. The Packers beat the Rams in Lambeau 36-28. Aaron Rodgers threw for two scores and ran for another to help the Packers to a 9-3 record as they head into their bye week. Brady and the Bucks took care of the Colts 38-31 thanks to four touchdowns from Leonard Fournette. The Bucks D sacked Carson Wentz three times, picked him off twice. The Patriots won their sixth straight game after besting the Titans 36-13. Mac Jones threw for a career-high 310 yards. Joe Mixon led the Bengals past the Steelers, running for 165 yards and a pair of scores. Cincinnati sweeps the season series for the first time since 2009. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Where can I find a must-have laptop at a gotta-have-it price? With Staples Connect, it's possible. I need a holiday tech gift for my husband that will make his jaw drop at a price that won't drop mine. Also possible because Staples Connect has big savings on the best holiday tech. And now a Lenovo IdeaPad 5i with Intel i7 processor is just $649.99. You save $250. Explore what's new at your local Staples store or staplesconnect.com. Ends 12-4, limit 2, in-store only while supplies last. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. North Dakota's largest ice fishing show is back over at the Shields Arena in Fargo, December 10th through the 12th. Try 20,000 square feet bigger in an adjoining ice arena. The Ice Arena will be home to the largest indoor hard-sided house display in the Dakotas. Over 75 vendors and more than 12 new displays. The Fargo Ice Fishing Show is sponsored by Reeds, Eskimo, Clam, Garmin, Otter, and Outlet Recreation. For more information, visit FargoIceFishingShow.com. Did you know Jenny O, West Central Turkey in Pelican Rapids, is where turkey products are prepared for the grocery shelves? It's not a butcher site. There's so many reasons to work in this spotless facility, like new increased starting wage of $18 per hour plus premiums, $2,000 sign-on bonus, Inspired Pathways, a program offering two years paid college tuition for any employee's dependents. There's paid time off and so much more. Now you know it's time. Call Mindy now at 863-6800 or online at JennyO.com. Make the decision to work for Precision. Precision Printing has an opening for a graphic designer. This position offers a variety of graphic design, customer service, and hands-on production of printed products. Stop by Precision Printing today to apply. Applicants must be proficient in use of Adobe Creative Suite products. Precision Printing offers great benefits and generous paid time off. Apply at their location. Precision Printing is located on Front Street in Detroit Lakes. Or check them out online at ppofmn.com. Chan has some benefits. Gift cards make perfect holiday gifts because everyone loves the gift of live entertainment. Enjoy a lineup of holiday shows, sensational concerts, Stevie Ray's Comedy Cabaret, or outstanding main stage musicals like The Music Man or coming soon, Footloose. Use for any current or upcoming show. Chan Hassan gift cards are available in any amount, never expire, and are always the right size and color. Easy too. Order by phone or online. Chan Hassan Dinner Theaters, always entertaining you. Visit ChanHassanDT.com. Give the gift of love at 425 degrees from Papa Murphy's Take and Bake Pizza. Buy $20 in gift cards and get a free classic cheesy bread, thick and cheesy home-baked bread or cookie dough. Buy $50 in gift cards, get a free family-size one-topping pizza. Buy $100 in gift cards, get a free family-size one-topping pizza, classic cheesy bread or thick and cheesy home-baked bread. Offer expires at the end of the year for a limited time only, not valid with any other offers. Papa Murphy's Take and Bake Pizza. 1340 AM, 93.1 FM, KDLM. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. The University of Minnesota football team beat Wisconsin 23-13 on Saturday. That pushed them to 8-4 on the season, and they won the coveted Paul Bunyan's axe. We'll have post-game reaction after this. 
It can happen fast. The game changes and you need a new strategy. It's like your original insurance policy. It worked fine at the start, but now that you've bought a home, added a car, or expanded your business, you can't keep running the same old play. You need Western National Insurance for coverage that fits your growing needs. Western National, Minnesota's source for great-fitting auto, home, and business protection since 1901. Ask your independent agent today for Western National and go Gophers. Get that great fit feeling, Western National Insurance. Golden Gophers senior quarterback Tanner Morgan spoke with Justin Gard after Saturday's big victory over the rival Badgers. It's special because we have so many guys who... You know, we're part of this team in 18 that brought it back. Um, and guys that, that are going to leave the program and to go out on top like that uh, with the axe in hand is special. It's special for our program, for our state. Obviously, we know that. But uh, it makes me feel so good for the guys who really, you know, stayed here, stayed through all the dirty water, did everything they could to help this program, you know, change and really be our culture. Uh, and for them to leave with the axe uh, is really special to me. When you get victory formation, triple zeros, everybody's running the axe. What are you thinking about? Who are you looking for? What's going through your mind in that spot? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing for me is just thanking God for just the opportunity to, to be here, to be a quarterback at the University of Minnesota. It's not always been easy. It's been tough. But him seeing it through this year, ending the way it did, is it was really special. And uh, just thankful for my teammates. You know, I wanted to, to get my teammates and really embrace it. And uh, we're going to enjoy it. You know, we're going to celebrate here in this locker room. Um, and it's a moment that none of us are going to forget. And we'll talk about it in 30 years. That's Gopher quarterback Tanner Morgan. And that's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. Cal Soderquist with your Wolves Minute. Well, the Timberwolves are right back in action tonight after a two-game road trip that started rather sour in Charlotte as the Hornets able to secure an 18-point win over the Wolves. But Minnesota bounced right back in a double overtime victory against the Sixers on Saturday night from Philly. D'Angelo Russell was the guy to carry the Wolves across the finish line. He had just eight points through the first three quarters of the game, then turned in 15 in the fourth quarter and a combined 12 points in overtime sessions one and two. Here's D'Lo on the hard-fought team victory. Good defense as a team. Offensively, we set screens for each other. We ran plays for each other. It was simple as that. It wasn't me. You thought it was. Y'all saw that, but I was just a product of us playing together. Yeah, they certainly did have to play together and battle through all kinds of adversity in that fourth quarter in both overtimes. Great resolve shown by this Timberwolves team and a chance for a second straight victory tonight against the Pacers. Our pregame coverage comes your way at 6.30 on the Timberwolves Radio Network. Here's your KDLM weatherology forecast. For today, look for a blend of clouds and sunshine with high temperatures working up into the upper 30s. And for tonight, partly cloudy, a low of 25. For Tuesday, partial sunshine with mid 30s for highs. And then a slight chance for some light snow showers into your Tuesday night, a low of 28. Wednesday, becoming partly sunny and trending milder, back up to 43. That's your latest cast. I'm meteorologist Michael Carroll. This is Wild Captain Jared Spurgeon. The station you can count on for wild hockey is KDLM Detroit Lakes. Thirteen forty KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the KDLM Sports Wrap on a Monday morning, Victory Monday for your Minnesota Gopher men's basketball team and football team. A lot of winning over the weekend. Joined on the phone now by Mike Graham, play-by-play voice for both of those teams. Mike, uh, this song bring back any uh, any memories from over the weekend? <laughs> yeah, man, that was pretty cool. It was uh, it was fun to watch the Gophers, of course, beat Wisconsin, and that's kind of their signature song between the third and fourth quarter over in Camp Randall, which which uh, I tip my cap to them. It's a, it's a great tradition. I've been there, obviously, now a handful of times for mm-hmm. that tradition. And when it uh, when they do that, the press box and the radio booth shakes. And, um, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. But uh, for, for the Gophers to get the win and then play it, um, first of all, that song, just, uh, in, in the history of music, that is one of the catchiest, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, right yeah. at the start. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, the start, it, it, it sucks you in right away. I mean, it gets your attention. And um, you're ready to you're ready to party and dance the second you hear that music. So whether that was a, a Badger song or not, uh, obviously it was a it was a bit of a troll job by the Gophers to play it, and yeah. it was so cool <laughs> to see it. Um, you know, we're up in the radio booth, and the way they did it, I don't know if you're familiar. So Jamie Verbrugge is a public address announcer, yep. And so the, everyone's everyone's rushed the field at that point, 
And so he gets on and he says, ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention? And so everyone is thinking, oh, man, here you go. Here's the golfers. Please leave the field, clear the field. Yep. And um, so he pauses dramatically. And then that hook, the hook, that's the word I'm thinking of. Oh, the, yeah. the start of that song is one of the best hooks, right? Uh, it's like a good TV show. Like Law and Order is probably the best yep. in the history of giving you that first 30 <laughs> seconds and you got to watch for an hour, right? Because yeah. they hook you right away. Yep. That's what the song does. So he says, ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention? And everyone's thinking, oh, geez, they're going to try to kick us out of here already? We just started. And he pauses for four or five seconds. And then that hook hits with that song, House oh. of Pain and uh, jump around and everybody lost their marbles. It was, it was crazy, man. It was, it was cool. And, you know, for people who aren't huge gopher fans and don't understand what, you know, what that uh, rivalries meant. And when you haven't had the ax very often and you haven't won it at home since 2003, yeah. you know, you're going on almost 20 years. Um, that's a lot of pent up emotion. And so I, you know, heck party like it's uh, 2003, you know, uh, and they did. And it was fun. Yeah, I, I got goosebumps as you were telling that story about the PA, because that's that's how much it means. Now, three wins in the last 19 years. But 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 two of the last four is the, the defense I've had against uh, Bison, not, not Bison fans, against Badger fans. I've been picking fights on social media Two of the last four. And the winds could be changing because the way it sounds for this for this program, uh, Tanner Morgan announcing he's coming back for his sixth year. Mo Ibrahim says he's going to come back for his fifth year next year. So the Gophers has some big offensive pieces coming back for next year already. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, I think that's the fun of a rivalry, right? I mean, the Gophers have not really, frankly, in the last you know the 25 plus years, held up there into the bargain very well on making it a rivalry. The Badgers have dominated it. You mentioned three wins in what the last 20, but. Um, they, you know, the Gophers have won two of the last four. So it's in the mm-hmm. last four years, it's a two and two. And that, you know, that has changed things a little. I, I promise you, Wisconsin's going to really feel that this is an important game for them next year. And that might not have always been the case because they didn't always, uh, you know, they, they had a schedule that Minnesota wasn't going to be something where you're going to circle that because they might have, as they did this year, Notre Dame and, you know, Michigan on the schedule and whatever else. But, uh, you know, and their other border rival is Iowa. Uh, in Wisconsin, so in Illinois, I know, but uh, Iowa and Minnesota, the Badgers, big border rivals, no question. And so, yeah, I think the, you know, has the tide turned? I don't know, but um, I, I know this: uh, Wisconsin went 12 and 0 in 2017. They were playing in the Big Ten championship game against Ohio State and lost by six. If Wisconsin wins that game, they go to the college football playoff. That's as recently as 2017. So mm-hmm. that program has been nearly to the mountaintop since that time. They're two and two against the Golden Gophers. So yeah, uh, you know you you you're almost at the mountaintop, and now you're two and two. And that that I'm not saying that as a as a knock to to Wisconsin by any means. I mean heck no. Right. What I'm saying that about is that um, it means the Gopher program is elevating, and that has become a game now that Wisconsin's going to have to pay attention to, and that's the beauty of a rivalry. And uh, here in the cities, it's probably different out there. In fact, uh, I, I caught a kick out of uh, the you said bison because it, it, you know you're you're out there in bison country as <laughs> yeah, well. Yep. Well, here in the cities, you know, basically the Twin Cities border borders Wisconsin. Hudson, Wisconsin, is basically now part of the Twin Cities metro with the urban sprawl and everything. Yep. And with the you know the reciprocal tuition and all that stuff, there's a lot of kids from from the Twin Cities that go to Madison. It's an easy little four and a half hour drive. Uh, you can pay in-state tuition. It's a great school. There's no doubt about that. So a lot of Twin Cities kids say, hey, I, I, you know, yeah, I like the U, but I want to get away from mom and dad four hours, you know. And mm-hmm. so they go there, and then they move back. So there's a lot of Badger fans here. Plus, you throw in the hockey rivalry. And so in the Twin Cities especially, it's a, it's a big-time uh, – it's, it's an important rivalry. And so the Badgers have to start paying attention to that, uh, certainly more so – than maybe they have in the past, so that that's a good thing. I, you know, to, to I mean, when that rivalry is is good, uh, and and by the way, it, they've played 131 times, yeah, and it's 62, 61, and eight. Wow. So uh, you know, over the course of time, each team has had their own run with it. Wisconsin, you know, is on a nice run here, although the Gophers winning two of the last four. Um, you know, and the Gophers own that rivalry throughout much of uh, their heydays, you know, in the 30s and 40s. So mm-hmm. you think about that. No one's played more than 131 times in all of college football at, at that level. And um, you're one game away from being exactly even. So it's a pretty cool rivalry. Talk to Mike Grimm, the play-by-play voice of the Gopher football team, men's basketball team as well. We're talking about the, the Gophers beating Wisconsin 23-13 on Saturday. Both teams now 8-4, and 6-3 and three in the conference. And uh, waiting bowl uh, invites, both teams bowl eligible. Any uh, 
Any inkling on, on where the Gophers may be playing? Uh, maybe on, I don't know, Christmas Eve or something like that? Yeah, I don't think it'll be Christmas Eve, but officially they're going to go to a bowl game, and it's going to come down to the Big Ten, uh, come down to the bowls, come down to, you know, where things slot in. The Big Ten, I don't know, I guess it was six, seven years ago uh, when they started making agreements with bowl games, the Big Ten kind of took over some of the organization up where it used to be the bowls for the most part, would pick what teams they wanted. The Big Ten decided, you know, we want to do some things because they were hearing complaints, right, where, uh, well, uh, Iowa's been to the Outback Bowl so many times, fans are starting to say, geez, you know, we want to go somewhere else. Uh, Or Wisconsin's been to wherever, you know. So um, they have tried to switch that up a little bit to where if you've been to a bowl game in recent years and there's a team with a similar or close to similar record, uh, maybe you go to a different bowl game to give your fans a different area of the country. And um, and and you go elsewhere. So having said that as a backdrop, I mean, I could talk for an hour on this. I love this stuff. <laughs> I, I'm not, I know Jerry Palm or whoever, you know, whoever all the bull guys are, but I, yep. I think I have a pretty good handle on it. So my hunch is, um, you know, Michigan is likely going to beat Iowa. So that will send them into the college playoff. Mm-hmm. Ohio State will probably go to the Rose Bowl. And then Michigan State or Iowa will also get a, 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 a New Year's Day bowl game, probably the Fiesta Bowl. And there's a lot of like half the state of Iowa basically moves to Arizona in the uh, in the winter. So yep. um, I think there's a possibility Iowa would get invited there to probably play Notre Dame. Michigan State, Notre Dame would be attractive as well. So whoever between Michigan State and Iowa doesn't go to that game uh, will get invited to the Citrus Bowl. And then after that, it becomes a crapshoot, so to speak. Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Purdue are all eight and four. Penn State is seven and five. But out of that group, Penn State is the helmet school. So the next bowl in line is the Outback Bowl, where Minnesota was in 2019. So my hunch is that's not, and I don't think the Outback Bowl will be so quick to invite Minnesota, knowing that they were just there two years ago. And um, Wisconsin's not been there since 2015. Penn State's the helmet school in that group, so I think it'll come down between Penn State and and Wisconsin. My hunch is Wisconsin will get invited. That leaves Nashville next. And when Glenn Mason was taking Gopher teams to Nashville back in the early 2000s, that was a Music City Bowl game that mm-hmm. people looked their, down their nose at. Well, now Nashville in 20 years has exploded. It's one of the great destination cities. There's not a hotel room to be found almost any night. Um, everyone goes there. And so that's a big-time bowl game. And they're going to pick between Purdue, Penn State, and Minnesota uh, because of where they fall in the pecking order. And it's an every-other-year Big Ten bowl game. My hunch is they'll go with the helmet school and take Penn State. I don't know that. I mean, I'd love it if the Gophers would go there. I think a lot of people from here would go. But I, I think uh, – and Tennessee is the likely SEC team there right in – you know, they're in Knoxville, just not that far from Nashville. So mm-hmm. I think they got to look at that as how often are we going to get a chance to get Penn State and against Tennessee, maybe a sellout. So then the next bowl game is Las Vegas. And Las Vegas is being played, uh, that bowl game's being played in the Raiders Stadium, Zeke. And so Ooh. that's a brand new, beautiful NFL yeah. facility. And I know the Gopher fans would travel to Vegas. And, uh, and, and I hope that they get the nod over Purdue. And if they don't, the next bowl in line is uh, New York City. But I think the Big Ten will send Maryland there. And then if that's the case, Purdue, Minnesota, whichever doesn't go to Vegas, would likely go to Phoenix. And that's not a bad consolation prize either. So I think most of the options are are, um, are pretty darn good. If you were to pick uh, which, which city you got to go call the bowl game in, which one would you pick? I would probably – I'm not – honestly, I'm not a big Vegas guy. Um, you know, I've been there a couple of times. I don't I don't gamble per se. Mm-hmm. I'm not a prude. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with people who do gamble, but I – one don't have a lot of money, and the money I have, I don't want to lose. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, but that said, I've enjoyed my time there. So, I, and the stadium is is great. It looks like um, so. I, I would think out of all that group, um, Vegas would be a, a nice uh, destination. Phoenix would be fine too, um, and and I, I you know, and Nashville would be great, you know. And I, like I said, Tampa maybe an outside chance, but I, I think they'll they'll look elsewhere because Gophers are just there in 2019. So. I can't pick a, you know, I don't know. I mean, if you, if you if you said, hey, you get to pick Mike Grimm where the Gophers go to a bowl game, based on your own personal preferences, I, I think I'd go Vegas uh, and just uh, and just watch all these Gopher fans come flying in from from uh, all over the state and all over wherever they've moved from. 
and um, and hopefully get a bunch of Gopher fans in Vegas for that game. Yeah, somewhere warm is is what I would say. Just send me somewhere warm where it's yeah, not going to yeah. be twenty degrees. Well, and and Vegas is you know Vegas is iffy in December. Yeah, um, you know yep. I mean it's a desert, so in the winter time it gets you know it's not like Minnesota. It's not Detroit lakes, that's for sure. You're not going to be ice fishing, but right. But um, we were out there for a basketball tournament in December in 2007 or eight, and um, it was like it was like 40 degrees. Cool. So it, you know it, it can it can be it can be a little uh, chilly at occasion. But anything 60 or over, I'm game with. So uh, ho- hopefully, uh, hopefully, if that's where it ends up being, that's what the temp is. Let's switch gears to basketball real quick. Uh, ben Johnson has this team 5-0. and uh, The ACT Big Ten Challenge uh, going to keep you busy. Sending you to Pittsburgh tomorrow night as the, as the Gophers head out there. Uh, surprised by this 5-0 and start by this team? Uh, a little bit. I, I, I'm not – I mean, the schedule has not been exactly murderer's row. Yeah. Um, I think the Gophers have been favored in four of the five, um, and they pulled the upset against Western Kentucky. That said, uh, I, I guess what I'd say I'm surprised about is how quickly – uh, ben Johnson and the coaching staff have been able to bring together and get on the same page this team of all basically newcomers, right? There's only one guy from last year's team that's playing this year, and that's Eric Curry, and the rest are all new. So so having one one guy back playing with all new guys, it basically is 10 new guys for you know in that case because that yep. guy's never, you know, Eric Curry's never played with any of these guys. I guess uh, Peyton Willis two years ago. But you get the point. And to have them get on the same page, I, I've enjoyed watching them, just the, the way they have played the game. Um, you know, I think uh, that uh, a way that we can appreciate, you know, they're taking good shots, they're defending well. Uh, they have gotten open shots based on ball movement, based on, you know, being in the right spot and floor spacing. Um, they're not the most talented team. I think we all can agree with that. And so that's going to be the question um, will they just be overmatched? Even if you play the game the right way, you know, are you going to be good enough, uh, you know, against really good teams to to hang in there? And that will be a test. And tomorrow night at Pittsburgh will, will be a test. Um, now Pittsburgh has gotten off to a really rough start. They're two and four. They lost Saturday to Baltimore, Maryland County. Um, trying to think off the top of my head, they had another bad loss, and I can't remember who it was to. I think the Citadel beat them in the season opener, and I don't know if it's still good or not, quite frankly. So um, they, they have not been off to a great start. That said, uh, this is the first true road game for this group, um, and for many of these guys, it'll be their first true road game going to, say, a Power 5 team on a Power 5 team, right? Now, some of these guys have played at Power 5 schools before on a team you know, in lesser leagues. Well, now you're a Big Ten team, so you're expected to go in there and and uh, and give it a whirl. So I, I haven't even seen what, even if it's out, whether who's favored in this. But it's a five and zero golfer team against a two and four pit team, and it's going to be a test. It'll be a good test. It'll be a nice uh, little marker here as we uh, in the month of uh, November. And look, we're what a week and a day, or a week and two days away from playing Michigan State in the Big Ten opener. Yeah, uh, a week from Wednesday, I think here at the barn. Mm-hmm. So, um, so they're going to need some tests, and we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll get a little bit of a benchmark tomorrow to see where this team is. Uh, with a little better competition. Yeah, Pittsburgh, 6 o'clock tomorrow, then Mississippi State on Sunday, then, like you mentioned, Michigan State at home on Wednesday, December 8th, and then a, a big test at Ann Arbor on Saturday, December 11th. Mike, quick one before we go. Hugh McCutcheon's had his volleyball team in the uh, the NCAA tournament uh, nine of the last ten years, seven consecutive, uh, got to the Final Four a couple of years ago. They're the 12th seed in a, in a pretty loaded tournament this year, but they, had, they do get a couple matches at home this weekend at the Missouri Pavilion. Yeah, yep. They got uh, South Dakota in the opener, and South Dakota's a 20-win team. Uh, Minnesota will be a heavy favorite in that game. And on the other side of the bracket in the Twin Cities on Friday, it'll be Iowa State and Stanford. Now, Stanford's just a couple years removed from beating the Gophers in the Final Four, Mm -hmm. and then they went on to win it all. Um, did, did Stanford. Uh, they had the player of the year nationally, and I think she's now off that team. And so they were uh, kind of a middle-of-the-pack Pac-12 team, but certainly whenever you're talking volleyball in Stanford, it's going to be a test if the Gophers get by South Dakota. Uh, State has traditionally been a good team. Their record's not great, 16-11, and 11, but their strength of schedule's been strong. And I'm not sure how that strength of schedule and RPI go. I know this. The Gophers played just a wicked schedule. And uh, they're 14th in the RPI or 15th, which I'm really surprised by uh, because they, they played, I think I saw they played 11 of the 64 teams in the field, including the fifth seed Baylor, including twice the uh, 
third seed Wisconsin Badgers. They played Nebraska twice. They played Ohio State and Purdue twice. I think mm-hmm. Purdue's a sixth seed. Yep. Um, so it's it just strange. I, I thought they'd get a little higher seeding. That said, 12 is fine. You're in the top 16, and you're going to have to beat good teams to get to where you want to go. So uh, we'll see. It all starts on Friday night at the uh, Maturi Pavilion. Yeah, the Big Ten very well represented in this tournament. Eight of the Big uh, eight Big Ten teams in this, like you mentioned, uh, Wisconsin is a pretty high seed. Purdue, Ohio State, Nebraska, Minnesota, Michigan, Penn State, and Illinois all vying for the 2021 uh, NCAA Volleyball Championship. Mike, I'll let you go. I know you're pretty busy today doing some phone calls. Uh, go Gophers. We'll be listening to you uh, tomorrow night in Pittsburgh. Yeah, always enjoy it. Thanks, Zeke, anytime. And, uh, and we appreciate uh, all the Gopher fans uh, up in uh, northwest Minnesota. Can't wait. It's finger licking good. Sweet, dude. All right, thanks again to Mike Grimm for taking some time out of his schedule. I know he's always very busy the Monday after a Gopher win. I'm sure he's even busier today, uh, the Monday after a Gopher win over Wisconsin. So we really appreciate Mike Grimm taking uh, some time out of his schedule. I know he has, has phone calls lined up pretty much all day <laughs> today to talk Gopher football. So very appreciative that Mike uh, takes some time out of his schedule for Detroit Lakes. I know uh, Gopher fans appreciate it as well. Here's coming up on KDLM today. We've got... Uh, Gopher Hockey Weekly with Bob Botsko. Didn't even talk talk about the uh, the Gopher Hockey Team with, with Mike Grimm. That's how jam-packed we were. Gopher Men's Hockey Team, 9-7, and seven, split a series with North Dakota up in Grand Forks over the weekend. They won on Friday 5-1. They lost on Saturday 2-3. And this weekend, a tough test at Ann Arbor, taking on the Michigan Wolverines Friday at 5-30 and Saturday at 6. Bob Motzko going to recap uh, the weekend series and preview everything Gopher Hockey coming up tonight at 6 o'clock. That will be followed by Monday Night Football here on KDLM. The Seattle Seahawks and the Washington football team. 6.30 pregame show, 7.15 kickoff from Washington. Tomorrow we've got Laker hockey against East Grand Forks. Lakers falling to Fergus Falls over the weekend. We'll look to bounce back against the Green Wave. We've got Timberwolves basketball on Wednesday. Wild hockey on Thursday. The Laker boys basketball season opener against Barnesville on Friday. We've actually got Brett Moss uh, scheduled to join us. He's the new coach of the Laker basketball team. He'll join us on the wrap on Thursday to preview uh, his first couple days uh, of practice with the Laker boys basketball team and preview the Barnesville game coming up at 7.30 here on KDLM on Friday at the Ralph Anderson Gymnasium. Full schedule, by the way, online at KDLMRadio.com. That's right for the sports wrap. I think this is the longest we've ever gone on the sports wrap today, but there was a lot to talk about. The, the Vikings lost to San Francisco and the potential loss of Dalvin Cook for an extended period of time. We've got uh, the Byron Buxton signing. We didn't even talk about the Wild blowing everybody out. Spent a lot of time talking about the Gophers. You can go, go back and listen to this podcast anytime, kdlmradio.com, and also subscribe to the KDLM Sports Wrap wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Quick CBS News break. Then we're going to get those classic hits. I promise. Stick around. KDLM, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota.